Welcome back to the Space Hour. I'm Eric White. You've heard a lot about cybersecurity within government networks, especially if you're a devoted listener of us here at Federal News Network. Well, now there could be a similar ongoing battle in space, particularly with U.S. and international satellites that we all rely on for our daily lives now. Some experts are ringing the alarm bell, saying nation states are already crafting cyber attacks against space-based assets, and the government is taking notice. To learn more about this, I spoke with Bill Herod, public sector CTO for Avanti. It's an interesting concept, and I actually was out at uh, a Space Force conference last fall in, uh, in L.A. at Space Systems Command out there. And, and it's really interesting because I think we don't understand fully the impact on satellites and space systems that cyber attacks have. And the attack surface is one of the things that's often overlooked. So the attack surface for, for satellites and space systems is everything from ground systems, the relays, attacks on communications like the command links. You know, if you think of the command link injection is similar to something that we in cybersecurity have talked about for years, many years, when we've talked about SQL query injection attacks. Um, It's the same idea. If we can inject something into the command link, which is already authorized and authenticated, then there's a way to insert a command, a malicious command, into that command stream, and you can control the space system. And then there are replaying attacks and spoofing attacks. And and space systems are endpoints, like traditional network endpoints that we think about, but there are obviously some, some underlying differences. But the operating systems are more and more becoming similar to commercial off-the-shelf operating systems, but they're significantly more difficult to, to manage and to patch and maintain. And, uh, and the result is that the potential damage of a, a compromise to a space system really can affect the integrity, the reliability and availability of those space systems and could impact significantly cloud computing, applications, communications, Everything from, I mean, we talk about food, fuel, and, uh, and finance. And that is the, the kind of thing that attacks against um, satellites and, uh, and space systems could really have as a, a significant impact. Yeah, so though the targets are unique, it sounds as if the methods of a cyber attack aren't so unique when it comes to the space front. And you mentioned how hard it is to uh, update and patch certain vulnerabilities that are discovered. Uh, And uh, maybe we don't have the answer yet, but I wanted to ask you, what do you do to mitigate those risks that you take in having those vulnerabilities up there when, you know, you can't just necessarily go up there and install new hardware, or maybe you can. Tell me about it. (laughs) (laughs) No, you really can't. And, uh, and the problem is that you don't have the same kind of real-time communication and instant feedback that you would from, you know, a traditional operating system. So it's much harder to manage them. But the preventions really are. When we talk about how do we protect, particularly how do we protect the, the security of space systems, 
Some of them are typical network infrastructure controls. We need to have a, a, a good inventory and discovery of what the endpoints are and of the entire operating system and, and all of the assets. So it's, you know, what's on that device, uh, what's on that endpoint, what is the operating system, what are the applications, what are the versions of all of that. It really is a um, sort of a more traditional asset management type of discussion. Obviously, patching is, is going to be critical. It's more difficult because you have a limited amount of time in which you can send a, a patch up to a, a satellite or a space system, and you have limited packet space to do it. There are limitations on the space system, right? There are power constraints. There are memory constraints, footprint constraints in, in a software uh, scenario. Um, but things like network access controls, stronger authentication, good authorization as to what a command stream can and can't do, and then policy management are all things that, that we need to be making sure are applied and consistently enforced, um, whether it be on a network endpoint or on a space system. And who are the bad actors or potential bad actors here? Because I imagine, you know, space may not be the first target of, say, a, you know, a cyber criminal. Um, but who could potentially, you know, do us harm or, you know, do just the international infrastructure in space harm? Uh, are there non-nation state actors that have the capability to actually hack into international satellites? Yeah. So the Air Force runs uh, annually a hack the sat competition and uh, there are a number of uh, of teams that compete and much of that information is is widely available online so there are lots of people that have the potential of doing it and there are lots of people that are looking at uh, at how do we um, how do we do it and then how do we prevent it how do we protect it nation states are obviously the the key bad actor that we're concerned with in this. And even if it is not directly a nation state, there are a number of cyber criminal organizations that are working on behalf of nation states. But just as we look at anybody who would provide ransomware against a hospital or think of the colonial gas line uh, interruption, all of those things, ransomware is, is going to be one of the key factors and, and attack vectors, both for traditional network endpoints and space systems, and the same actors are, are going to be responsible. So we could certainly see a, a criminal organization, cyber criminal organization, try and, and get ransomware loaded onto a satellite and then hold it for ransom, just as they're doing with hospitals and schools and, uh, and organizations um, that are land-based. So obviously that would be bad. Uh, and any, <laughs> anything cyber, uh, the federal government has, you know, incrementally, maybe not as fast as most people like, but they have tried to take those matters more serious. Uh, you mentioned the Hackasack competition um, that is done by Space Command. Are there any other sort of initiatives from whether it's our federal government or with our international allied partners to go after this topic? And then we can also get to the uh, role of the private sector for folks like yourself. <laughs> sure. So the White House had the, the conference at the end of March. Coming out of that really were 
the initiative to do more study and more learning. But NIST, the National Institute for Standards and Technology, has been tasked with providing some goals and and guidelines around how we should be protecting satellites, space systems, and communications. And then part of the executive order, the President Biden's executive order 14028 that came out about a year and a half ago, talked about supply chain, software supply chain controls, and having software bill of materials. And both of those are things that we ought to be applying to all endpoints, whether they be traditional endpoints or these more esoteric, ethereal endpoints that are space systems. Yeah, and as I mentioned, you know, nowhere else is there probably more collaboration between industry and government than in the space industry. Uh, and so what is your role as you see it for the private sector? I imagine where there's a need for the government, there's probably some money to be made for cybersecurity. What kinds of initiatives are you all taking or are you seeing with your colleagues and your competitors? Sure. So, Eric, I think the one of the things that's really important is to understand that although the space systems are unique in many aspects, um, in many ways they are like a traditional network endpoint. Avanti is a U.S.-based enterprise software company with a mission to help agencies like Space Force or Space Command discover, secure, manage, and, and be able to service all of their IT assets and to enable the everywhere workplace. And part of that is being able to to provide a way of being able to do discovery on, on all devices, whether they be traditional endpoints, whether they be endpoints in the Internet of Things, or even if they be a, a space system command, and then be able to do risk-based vulnerability management, be able to provide prioritized patching and uh, and understanding what the risks are and being able to address the real risks and making sure that we have remediations available whether they're whether it is a patch or whether it's some other compensating control um, to mitigate the risk you talk about them being traditional endpoints uh so is it you know, just like trying to log into your Facebook account, you get a notification. Did you actually try to uh, log into the satellite or was that you or how does how does cybersecurity actually look for these satellite systems? Well, obviously, it's much more difficult because there are only certain windows of opportunity in which you can communicate, particularly with a satellite. But during that time frame, you have to be able to to do some sort of secure authentication. It's hopefully it's a little more a little more secure than managing or or logging on to your Facebook account. Um, I would hope so. But it is doing that. Yeah. It is doing that strong authentication, making sure that the, the command streams and the communications are encrypted. And that's going to be looking at the, the ciphers and how do we do that encryption and some of the quantum computing to, uh, to make sure that that encryption is sufficiently strong. 
and then making sure that the command stream or the user who is issuing those commands has the authority to be able to uh, to do certain tasks, but there needs to be some, some role-based access control as well so that they can only do things that, that are within their purview um, based on their authorization. So in some ways, it is similar to a traditional endpoint, but with some additional constraints, obviously. So I think I think it's an important topic. I think that security is is one of those things that is relatively recent for space systems. You know, the things that were primarily the primary concerns when space systems were being developed were those power constraints, the battery and and uh, electrical power availability, the footprint and and the the virtual software footprint. Those were all the primary things that that were being considered, and security, as is often the case, got relegated to to second place. And now we're trying to come back and retrofit security in, which is always more difficult. But I think that uh, we have some uh, some good models, and I think there are some ways of being able to enhance security and be able to provide greater risk mitigation of cyber attacks against space systems. Bill Herod is Avanti's public sector CTO. You can find this interview on our website. Head to federalnewsnetwork.com and search Space Hour. For our next segment, hear how NASA is exploring the future of an airspace filled with flying taxis. This is the Space Hour on Federal News Network. I'm Eric White. 